Hello and welcome to Look for the Helpers, an ICT SOS podcast. My name is Amber Gonzalez, the Education Coordinator for ICT SOS. When our favorite neighbor Fred Rogers was a boy and would see scary things in the news, his mother would say to him, Look for the helpers. You will always see people helping. Today, the helper we are looking to is Sierra Fair, Social Service Coordinator at the Salvation Army. We will be discussing her work in the community and how it relates to anti-human trafficking efforts. For further information about ICTSOS, how you can help her donate, and for today's show notes, links, and reporting lines, please visit our website, ictsos.org, and follow us on social media at ICTSOS. Hello, Sierra. Hey, Amber. How are you doing? I'm I'm making it. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it too. I'm making Good. it too. Hanging in there. Um, yeah, figuring out what a normal day is like. I thought that, you know, maybe a week and a half into to all this, I was like, okay, give myself some time. I'll figure out a routine. Still working on it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Day. Yes, it does. <laughs> what about you? You are a busy person. You are, um, for those who don't know, listening to our podcast, um, Sierra Fair is interning with ICTSOS, but you also work full-time? Yes, full-time. Mm-hmm. And then you're a full-time student getting your master's, right? Yes. <laughs> Any other roles and things that you, hats that you have right now? <laughs> My internship and then um, working full-time and being a student, those are the kind of the three main hats that I wear. Um, a lot, you know, has changed. So with my internship with ICTSOS, it's pretty much all virtual. Um, work has been different, um, but I'll talk a little bit, of, a little bit more about that um, in a minute. And, uh, you know, school has moved completely online, so it's been an interesting uh, transition. Um, So just trying to really focus, you know, when I'm home of doing things that make me happy and just make me feel full. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I've done... Oh, gosh. I think since this whole thing started, I think I've put together, like, six puzzles. Really? <laughs> like, that's big awesome. ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of my, you know, my go-to is a puzzle and um, either, like, a documentary or a crime show. What? So <laughs> A crime show. What <laughs> yeah. documentaries have you watched? Um. Ooh do you want to share? (laughs) So I have been like an animal nerd since I was a kid. So I love watching like nature documentaries. Mm -hmm. They're just happy, you know, Um, but I have done some research and it has been scientifically proven that like nature documentaries cause an increase in our feel good chemicals of dopamine and serotonin. So so now, you know, my guilty pleasure is backed by science. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be watching a penguin documentary later today, probably. But I want to talk more about your work, specifically your work with the Salvation Army. Um, 
I think it's something that a lot of people have heard about the Salvation Army. They maybe don't know everything that they do. When I was growing up, I always knew of the like the Salvation Army thrift store. Um, I didn't really know it was it was anything beyond that. So can you just kind of tell us what what is Salvation Army? What do you guys do? And then specifically, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I want to mention too that you're definitely not the only one um, that has that kind of limited scope of knowledge. Um, I think a lot of people do. I did before I started working there. Um, you know, when I when I heard of Salvation Army, I thought of, you know, the thrift stores and I thought of the kettles at Christmas time, you know, when they're standing outside of Walmart or Dylan's ringing the bells um, for donations to buy, um, you know, doing the Christmas toys and everything like that. Yeah. And um, just in raising awareness the past couple years, we've come out with a couple different slogans. So one of our, um, kind of little mantras that we have is more than toys um, because it is so much more. And so since I've been working with them, um, I've been with, I've been working for the Salvation Army at the West Orchard Corps here in town um, since December of 2018. So almost a year and a half with them. And then before that, um, when my husband and I lived in Denver, um, we, um, while we were there, I worked for a family shelter that was run by Salvation Army. Um, so in total, I've been working for them for about three and a half years now, um, in total, but what I'm doing now and what we offer here in Sedgwick County. Um, we have three locations. So there's our downtown city command, which is kind of our main branch. And that's what a lot of people think of when they think of Salvation Army here is our big branch downtown. Um, but then we have the two other sites. So there's West Orchard, which is where I'm at, which is kind of over, over by Pawnee and Meridian. Um, and then we have our Citadel core, which is kind of off Harry and Oliver. So we try to serve all of Sedgwick County out of our three sites. Um, we divide our services by zip code. So, and that, you know, that's mostly just to help us kind of divide the load. Um, and, and for our communities to have a place that's close to where they live to be able to go to for resources. So you don't have people driving, you know, a super long ways to, to get assistance. Um, but with our services, so we do, we offer a food pantry, um, which is, we call it a client choice pantry. So typically, uh, clients get to come in and, um, they get to kind of shop for the items that they want, which we found is a better model than, you know, just handing them a, a pre-packaged box yeah. um, of items that we think they want or need mm -hmm. um, because each family is different. Um, you might have a family. I mean, we do have families that are from all different kinds of cultures um, and backgrounds. And so for them being able to choose, um, I think gives them, 
you know, it gives them dignity, number one, to be able to choose things for their family themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's letting them know, you know, we're, it, some people don't like the idea of getting a handout and, and I can understand that, but they, they need, you know, help, but, and then being able to go through and do this themselves, um, it gives them that, it puts that power back in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we provide utility assistance to families here. So, um, we kind of work with the different energy companies. So, you know, Evergy, Kansas gas, the water company, mm-hmm. um, to help and provide some utility assistance to families. And, um, obviously that's kind of a case by case, um, basis with that. And, uh, you know, we, we try to approach our work, um, understanding that every case is going to be different and there's not a really a one size fits all approach to anything. Um, and just understanding that every family is different. And so their needs are going to be different. Um, and we have some people that, you know, are caught in uh, sort of the cycle of poverty. And, um, you know, some some people consider that like a, almost like you would consider someone who's experiencing like chronic homelessness. Like mm. um, it's, it's just kind of been a, again, like a cycle um, that they have sort of been stuck in. Um, but then we also have, people who, you know, maybe they on a normal day under normal circumstances, they don't need our emergency services, but, you know, maybe someone just lost their job or someone was injured or, you know, some kind of emergency, um, outside of their control has happened and, you know, they need help just to kind of keep their feet underneath of them or get back on their feet after something's happened. So, um, there's just a wide range of things that we're able to help with, but I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize that we have those there. So we'd like to, to let people know that we're there and that we have, um, a, a lot of ways that we can, we can offer help. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I heard you say a few things that, that I thought were really good and it goes along with, um, one of the things that we do at ICTSOS is a class for volunteers. Um, and you have gone through most of it and we'll, we'll wrap up our spring session and I know you're a part of that class. Um, but one of the things we've been talking about is that helping without hurting mentality. And it sounds like for you and I, we, you and I have had this conversation before, but um, it sounds like you guys are starting to really figure out how do we help people? How do we come alongside people and not look down on people? Like you said, offer handouts, um, make people feel like they're less than and we need to help you, but rather, okay, how can we walk alongside people to help each other out, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because all of us are experiencing um, certain times where we need help, right? Um, Right. Sometimes more than, more than others in different seasons. Um, and so I love that you guys are, are doing that really well. You're figuring out how to give people their power back instead of making them feel powerless and like they need you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's really good. Um, so what does this look like right now during the pandemic for you guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of like I mentioned um, in the beginning, we we have made some changes. Things look a little different right now. Um, we are still... Um, we are still providing services. Um, and I think that's really important, um, for people to know, um, is that we are still here. We are still here for our communities. Um, and we're still going to the office every day. Um, what has changed in the biggest way has been the way that we're providing services. Um, typically, you know, we have our building open so our clients can come in um, and just basically stop in and see if we can help them. Um, what we have kind of shifted to for the time being to keep our staff safe, to keep our clients safe, because, you know, we do serve a lot of um, vulnerable individuals and families, um, not just in the sense that maybe they are financially vulnerable, but um, health-wise also. Um, mm -hmm. We do serve a lot of families. Um, we also serve a lot of um, elderly clients or even not elderly, but just people who have a lot of underlying health issues. Um, a lot of our clients, unfortunately, because um, they're experiencing poverty, you know, maybe they don't have access to um, good healthcare resources. So they're not able to have, you know, a primary care physician that they go to on a regular basis just to get a basic checkup. Um, they don't have access to you know, proper, um, like dental care or anything. And so this puts a lot of our population that we serve really at risk. Mm -hmm. Um, that's higher than average, just, um, just by nature, um, of, of their circumstances. So what we have done is we are providing, um, services over the phone. So if someone needs assistance, they can, uh, they just have to call our office and we kind of just take their information over the phone so we can get them in our system. Um, and that's just to help us track who we're helping, how many people we're helping. Um, cause we obviously, you know, you know how important data <laughs> is and mm -hmm. numbers are when you're working in a nonprofit and you right, need to right. apply for funding. So, um, we have that. And then, we try to say yes as much as possible, whatever that looks like. So sometimes that's going to look like referring them to another agency um, because we don't have the resources to assist with exactly what they need. But um, we, we try to help them that way. Um, our clients are having to do a lot of things they don't normally do, like emailing us a lot of, you know, pictures of their ID or pictures of a utility bill that they would normally just bring in for us to make a copy of. Um, and for some of them, that's a challenge. Mm. Um, like I said, we serve a lot of um, elderly people who aren't as familiar with new technology. Sure, sure. Um, so it's a learning curve for everybody. So we've, we've tried to cut back as many of the barriers as possible and understanding, you know, 
the paperwork's not going to look like it would on a normal day. Um, and that's okay. Um, and then our food pantry, we have changed. So we basically do curbside pickup. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, our food pantry, people do have to make appointments for that. So they call us, um, you know, they set up an appointment and, then when they come to their appointment, they call us when they get to our facility, let us know they're there, what car they're in. And we basically put everything together for them. Um, and we take it right out to their car. So, um, our clients have not seemed to be bothered by that. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's been an adjustment because they don't get to come through and shop for different things, but... I was going to ask, are they able to put a list together of things that they need? They, um, we haven't. So we distribute government commodities um, as a large part of our food pantry. So those items are delivered and sort of rationed out by the USDA Um food assistance program. Uh, okay. And so those quantities are predetermined. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have, uh, with the food that we purchase ourselves, like from the Kansas food bank, um, and just donations that we get, we're able to supplement, um, kind of on our own. And so what we do is we give them what commodities has kind of set for, you know, like a family of four, mm-hmm. um, we put those items together and then we've been adding in things from our own pantry. So like cereal and milk and, you know, crackers and just like different, some of it is like snack kind of stuff. Um, especially because we know that kids are home right now. So they're going through food a lot faster. So we're trying to, um, fill that gap. They do get quite a bit of food from commodities, but, you know, we know that they're going to be going through food faster because everybody's at home right now. Um, so we're really trying hard to make sure that, you know, they're taken care of. Um, so those are kind of the biggest adjustments we've made. It's very, um, when it's not a pantry day, it's very quiet around the office. Um, so, you know, it does give us a chance to get caught up on some projects that we kind of had to put on the back burner, but, you know, you can only do those for so long. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and so we, we do miss having our clients come in, um, you know, dropping by. And sometimes we had clients that would just come by to say hi, or someone that we'd helped with the utility bill would come back and, um, just to say thank you or to see if they could volunteer or anything like that. And, you know, we don't have that right now. So it's, it's just a different feel and um, we're, we're trying to make the most of it and still, uh, still provide services um, where we can for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Speaking of volunteering then, um, you aren't taking any volunteers right now. Well, we, We've had a lot of conversations about this. Yeah. Um, We have decided that it's up to the volunteers. Okay. Um, We mainly utilize volunteers on our pantry days, which are Mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, 
because right now on the other days, there's just not anything for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are taking at, at my location at the West Orchard site, we are taking volunteers um, for the Tuesday and Thursday um, pantry um, mainly because it is minimal contact um, and we do have protective, you know, we have masks and we have gloves and we have, um, you know, Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer everywhere. Right, right. Um, so, you know, we've tried to make it as safe of an environment as possible if we do have people that want to volunteer with us during this time. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Um, and you guys take a lot of donations, right? Are you taking donations right now? Um, we, it kind of depends on what it is. Um, right now we are kind of holding off on donations unless it is, um, like we've had some donations of food items, like pantry items. Mm -hmm. Um, we are still taking those as long as they haven't been, you know, opened or repackaged. Mm -hmm. Um, we had someone donate, uh, he had gone hog hunting and he called us and said, I have 30 pounds of this wild hog sausage that's been processed, um, that I'd like to donate. And so, even with that, um, with like meats and things, that's a really big one for our families. Um, as long as the meat has been processed, you know, through a USDA approved facility, then we can accept that. Um, but yeah, so we, we are still accepting donations. Um, but pretty much everything else we are holding off on, um, just because it it's really hard to just know, you know, <laughs> that um, we, we just don't know like who that person's come in contact with and if that stuff has come in contact with anybody. And sure. again, just, just trying to keep, keep um, our staff and our clients mm. in good health still. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. I know it's a hard balance to um, continue to just serve the community in the way that you have, um, which is absolutely necessary, but then also make sure that you all are staying safe. Mm -hmm. I know that's really challenging for you guys right now, but we appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on here is um, oftentimes we partner with a lot of organizations when it comes to maybe training volunteers or raising awareness on um, other places to donate. And that's why I really appreciate the work that you do because a lot of the the clients or families or people that you work with... um, you know, from, from the work that we do, what we know is when somebody's in a tough spot, it puts them in that position of potentially being at risk for trafficking, particularly younger people, right? Yes. When it comes to teenagers and things. And so, absolutely. Um, so I just feel like for our listeners, I think I, I kind of want them to understand, you know, volunteering, donating, working with organizations like the Salvation Army to make sure that we are taking care of people, taking care of each other, taking care of families, um, that it's, it's anti-trafficking work from my perspective. It's, it's prevention of, of someone being in a situation where they could be at risk for that. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, unfortunately, I have had, um, I have had clients who have disclosed to me before and, you know, they were, they were adults. Um, but you know, that they had had trouble paying their rent or something one month. So, um, like in her own words, like she turned a trick, um, to help pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, someone who was maybe, um, renting a room from a friend, um, and then maybe didn't have the money one month. So, you know, there's this exchange that happens, um, and which can start a long road of someone being exploited. Um, and we're trying to prevent homelessness, um, because we know that those things are connected. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a delicate dance that we do. (laughs) Um, because what we're really trying to do is give people the tools and the power, you know, to, to take hold of their own life, um, and to be self-sufficient so that they don't feel that they are forced to be in a situation like that where they, um, you know, feel like they have to do something that they're not comfortable with because they, you know, they feel like they don't have another option. Mm. Um, and I know, especially right now, um, we are looking at a lot of kids that are in unsafe situations at home. Um, because, you know, the schools are closed. And for a lot of kids, a lot of kids are, you know, were excited that they didn't have to go back to school. Hmm, sure. um, like my, my younger brother was just like beside himself. He was so happy. He doesn't have to go back to school. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of kids and particularly kids in the families, like the ones that we serve um, at Salvation Army who you know, we know that their home life isn't great. We know that there's things that are probably going on at home that, um, aren't, aren't healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we really, um, we really try to provide a safe space, um, which, you know, is hard right now because, we, we can't open up our building to people to come in right now. Um, but our, you know, our core officer or my boss, um, and our youth, um, outreach person just yesterday, there's a new family that moved in down the street and the kids are constantly walking by our office. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they took them some Easter baskets yesterday and it was, it was more of just making it known you know, we're here for you. If you need anything, you know, you can come here. And, um, it's really about building those relationships, um, with not just, um, with the kids, with the whole family. Um, and what we try to do with our services is really promote healthy families. Um, and again, like giving families the resources they need to be self-sufficient and, even just giving them groceries can 
lift a huge amount of stress. Um, because we have families ranging from one person range to up, up to like 10 people that utilize our food pantry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have a family of 10 and all of a sudden all the kids are at home now, wow, yeah, that's going to be stressful. Um, yeah. And that's a huge financial burden as well to try and figure out how am I going to feed everybody all the time? Um, and, and, you know, we know that in those stressful situations, that is like a, kind of the perfect storm for abuse and exploitation to happen. Right. Right. And so if we can provide tools and resources to families to minimize those external stressors, then our hope is that the family environment as a whole will be healthier um, and we can help prevent some of those issues that are related to trafficking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think um, we talked about this already just a little bit um, about volunteering and how people could help. Is there anything right now that people could do to support you guys? Um, yeah. Um, so like we said, you know, there's always the volunteer opportunities. Um, but the other big thing that we are kind of working on right now is keeping our food pantry full because we have seen, um, an influx, um, of people utilizing our pantry, which isn't surprising to me. Um, but we, we last month, so when all this started, um, we ended up serving about 120 families over the course of the month through our, um, from our food pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we do get the commodity food from the government, but, um, I can tell you we're getting a new shipment of that tomorrow. But when I left the office today, that commodity food was wiped out. Um, and it's been a while. It's been, I can't remember the last time we went through our commodity food like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we do have an Amazon wish list, um, for food items and hygiene items. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I can get you that link if you want to link that in the show notes, um, or something, Yeah, but that's a really easy way for people to help. It can be sent directly to our office. Um, so that's a great way too. Good, good. Yeah, we'll absolutely do that. If you send that to me, I will put it in our show notes. So if you're listening here and you are curious about helping um, the Salvation with their food pantry or hygiene items, we will post a link and you guys can send it directly to them. Very cool. Well, Sierra... Um, thank you for chatting with me today. I know we've had some audio issues. Hopefully our listeners can hear some of the really great information that you had. Yeah. Um, I'm sure in the future we will talk again and maybe dive in a little bit deeper to the work that you guys do and how people can be involved when this pandemic is over or things have at least changed in the future. Um, But for now, we will just share some information in our show notes about how people can help you guys out. All right. That sounds awesome. Good. Okay. Well, thanks for chatting with me today. And I hope that you enjoy your puzzles and your penguin documentaries. 
You know, I will, Amber. No, I will. (laughs) Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, Sierra. In our next episode, we will hear from Lori Chandler of the Child Advocacy Center on Child Abuse Awareness Month. In the meantime, please follow us on social media to find out how you can help. You can also donate through ictsos.org by downloading our app found in Apple or Google Play or become a supportive listener at www.anchor.fm forward slash ictsos. Thank you for listening. Wash your hands and stay safe at home. What? <laughs>